What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Craig. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chickens. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your hey, labrum and you can go on the You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's only game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hold on, bitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. We are live from the University of Akron, ladies and gentlemen. This is the April 24th edition of SPT. My name is Jake Murren, and as always, I'm the host of the best, I said the very best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. Joining me for today's show are my analyst, Alex Henry. Good morning. And my arch rival, Logan Congrove. What's going on, <laughs> Mr. Murn? We have the, the torn labrum squad up here, Logan. We do. Alex and I. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. It's be a great show. It's going to be a great show. At 1230, we will discuss the latest in the NFL, including some wide receiver drama, Browns news, and a preview of the top 10 mock draft of this week's NFL draft going down in Las Vegas. Yes, it is already here as the future of the league will find their team this Thursday night with the first round. At noon, we head to the Diamond. We'll talk about Miguel Cabrera making history, the most surprising aspect of the season thus far, and, of course, dive into the latest of our very own Cleveland Guardians, not only the series sweep of the Chicago White Sox, but also the acts we saw at Yankee Stadium yesterday afternoon. I know we have a lot of takes about what happened yesterday, but first we will kick off today's show with an hour. Yes, I said an hour of NBA hot takes and debates as we'll go over the awards that have been announced, predict the ones yet to come, discuss the injuries plaguing many playoff teams, and of course break down everything going on as teams race to the Larry O'Brien Trophy. All that and more on today's SPT. So, gentlemen, let's kick it right off with talking about the NBA awards. And we'll start off as the NBA did as they announced Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics as the Defensive Player of the Year. He's the first guard to earn the honor since Gary Payton in the 1995-96 season. Did you guys think Marcus Smart deserved this award? And what were your takes on this? I think he deserved it, honestly. He was a finalist with... uh Michael Bridges and Rudy Gobert, and I'm tired of seeing Rudy Gobert win it, to be honest. I think hot take, I think he's one of the most overrated players in the NBA. I think he's just a very tall guy that's on a decent team, and sometimes they just don't know who else to give it to. And I think Marcus Smart is, that's good. I I agree with the Marcus Smart pick. Yeah, I think big men uh, usually dominate the um, defensive player of the year. So it was, like you said, um, he was the first one to win since Gary Payton, so mm-hmm. it's been quite a while 
So I think he definitely deserved it, and I 100% agree. Rudy Gobert did not. De- he, I don't even think he did deserve it. No. Um. So, yeah, I agree. So you guys mentioned Rudy Gobert here. Um, I slightly agree with you in the fact that it's tough to see like the same person win it year after year. And Rudy Gobert, I believe he's a three-time winner of the Defensive Player of the Year award. Do you think it should go to the person that is most deserving, even though that person might be the same winner every single season? Or do you think it should be mixed up that way people like Marcus Smart win the award? I think it should go to the person that's most deserving. However, I just don't think Rudy Gobert was the most deserving this year. I feel like with the MVP award, a lot of the times they will try to switch it up. So it's not the same person every year. But like defensive player of the year, like definitely switch it up because they're def. And I like you said, Logan, I do think Marcus was deserving of winning it as well. Yeah, that's kind of where I was getting at, too, because I feel like if it did go to the most deserving player year after year, I think LeBron James would have a lot more hardware. 100%. Yeah. So I, I just think they, especially with the MVP, they just try and get a new face up there. Um, that way they can show just how much talent they have in the league. Um, but yeah, with Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, I do think he deserved it. He was the second player in Celtics history to win it, with the first being Kevin Garnett in the t- 2007 and 08 season. Um, Smart ranked seventh in steals per game, sixth in total steals, and he set a career high in rebounds per game with 3.2, and he also ranked high in hustle categories as well. Um, He had that nice defensive player of the year robe wearing it into the Celtics game against the Nets. Did you guys see the robe? I did see the robe. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it was very nice. As a combat sports fan, Alex, do you appreciate it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. Did you see the Tyson Fury fight? I didn't. Actually, I don't know who won. Tyson Fury and Dillian White, Tyson Fury, knocked him out. Wow. And then Not guess, Not guess who walked in the ring after he won? Any guesses? Couldn't tell you. How about a UFC heavyweight champion? Francis Naganu. Wow. Was in the ring with Tyson Fury after he won. That's big. Going off topic a little bit, but <laughs> the combat sports world is always on fire. And uh, Tyson Fury winning is always exciting. Not only that, but Francis Naganu being in the same ring with him. <laughs> You know, it was Tyson Fury retired, but did he really retire? I mean, there's so many big money fights out there. But 100%. regardless, back to the NBA awards. Another award was announced, I believe, yesterday as Scotty Barnes is your NBA Rookie of the Year, the first Raptor to win the award since Vince Carter in the 1998 and 99 season. We're a Cavaliers radio station up here. We're all Cavs fans for the most part. I'm upset about this. Logan, I know you're upset about this. I'll give the floor to you first, though. It's upsetting. Do I think that Scotty Barnes is a bad player or didn't deserve it? No, absolutely not. But I just think Evan Mobley did so much more for his team and his franchise than Scotty Barnes did as a rookie. Evan Mobley, when he was off the floor, it made a huge impact on the way that the Cavaliers play, the pace that they play at, and honestly, even like the overall morale. He's just one of our superstar players, and he, he was that immediately. I just think Mm -hmm. Rookie of the Year should be given to somebody who makes an immediate impact on a team that is going somewhere, too. Like, I know the Raptors are in the playoffs, too, but, like, with take Evan Mobley away from the Cavs, and the Cavs are not in the playoffs. We didn't make the playoffs, but, like, the play-in. We're not even at the play-in. You take Scotty Barnes off the Raptors, I don't see it making that much of an impact on their team. Yeah, I do agree with you. 
And looking at the stats as well, you know, Barnes averaged 15.3 points, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and .74 blocks, leading all rookies in minutes, ranking third in points and rebounds, and finishing fifth in assists, steals, and blocks. Whereas Mobley, he was first in rebounds, blocks, and double-doubles among rookies. And I think it really boils down to the last two months of the season where Evan Mobley missed a significant amount of time. And if anything, that should show why we needed Evan Mobley, like you said. Without Evan Mobley on the floor, the Cavs were a completely different team. Whereas I think if you take Scotty Barnes off of the Raptors, I think they are still good enough to win some games. And, you know, I think it was just that last two-month period where Scotty Barnes maybe took the lead, even though I think Evan Mobley was still the favorite and he should have won it. Um, But Alex, I'll go to you. What are your takes on the Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I think the biggest argument is that Barnes was able to help his team get to the playoffs. But like you did say, Logan, the Cavs wouldn't have been near where they were without Mobley. So you kind of have to weigh it and look at it that way and say, hey, you know, what do I value more? A guy that was able to, when he was off the court, make his team lose, and when he was on the court, they won, or a guy that was just a good role player that helped his team get to the playoffs. Because numbers-wise, they are kind of similar in their, you know, uh, Bards is stronger than Mobley is in certain areas and vice versa, but... I do think Mobley probably should have won it, but I'm not like saying that Barnes isn't mm. deserving of the award either. Yeah, I think if there was one award that wasn't as obvious this season, it was Rookie of the Year. And you know, there were people still betting on a guy like Scotty Barnes or even Cade Cunningham, who was in the conversation to win this award instead of Mobley. But nonetheless, it did go to Scotty Barnes. And we're going to get to the voting process here in just a second. But in terms of the voting for the Rookie of the Year award, it doesn't make much sense to me at all because Barnes had 15 more total points than Mobley, but Mobley was only five votes behind Scotty Barnes for first place. So first place votes earn you five points, second place votes earn you three points, and third place votes earn you just one point. And if you look at the votes, I mean, guys like Jalen Green, Franz Wagner, and Herbert Jones got votes. I, I mean, this might show my basketball knowledge, but I don't even know who Herbert Jones is. I don't either. Uh, you know, Franz Wagner, the only thing I know about him is his time at Michigan. And Jalen Green, obviously Jalen Green out of mm-hmm. Houston, but um, I don't think he did enough to win the award. Not Certainly not enough to get a second place vote. And you don't know who casted that second place vote for Jalen Green or those third place votes for Franz Wagner or Herbert Jones. If those votes go to guys that actually deserved it, like a Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, then I feel like those points could have been um, divvied out more evenly and more fairly, and we could have a different winner. So that's something I don't really understand. And with the voting, we'll talk about it because there has been a lot of criticism about the voting process. And so pretty much the media and sportscasters votes on who should win these awards, and there's potential bias involved. I know Draymond Green has called out mm-hmm. the process, saying it was absolutely disgusting, and they are human beings that could have personal issues against certain guys in the running. What are you guys' takes on the voting process, and should the media be the ones uh, handing out these big awards? I agree with Draymond Green, and this is coming from us who are media personnel. I do not think that the media should be the ones voting. I think it should be players in the league, and it should be honestly maybe some like organizational people like within the franchises, but Draymond is 100% correct in that 
some media people might have like a personal vendetta against a certain player. Like, oh, he didn't answer my question one time, so I'm not giving him this vote. There's just there's no reason that the media should be the one making these decisions. Yeah, give it give it to the players, give it to coaches, yes, give it to maybe GMs, owners. Uh, obviously, they're still going to be biased if you give it to those guys. However. There's way more room for there to be biased with media votes than there is for player votes, I think. Um, it's very... it's. I don't want to say rigged, because I can't prove that it's rigged. But, I mean, after what you just said, like, votes for guys that obviously don't deserve to even right. be, get their names mentioned, it's kind of... doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and the media doesn't necessarily watch like every game yep, of the right. season for every single team and every person that is um, up for these awards. Personally, I, when I was asking myself, should this voting system change or not, I didn't know because I didn't know what the alternative would be. So the media, you know, there is some bias there, but I went to the players and I think there would be even more bias there. So I kind of disagree with you there, Alex, because I think, you know, if your teammate is up for MVP, you're going to vote for your teammate regardless, mm -hmm. even if they might not deserve it. And even the same goes true for organizational people and coaches. And thought just kind of peaked into my mind. I feel like it might, might make sense for like Hall of Fame players to vote on these awards maybe. Okay. Um, players that are inducted into the Hall of Fame already have their coaching career behind them or playing career behind them. And the brightest of brightest basketball minds voting on these NBA awards. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I would just say, with the player thing, first off, I don't know if it would be as biased. A lot of these guys get traded. Maybe they play for six, seven teams and or more an entire career, and they're just constantly moving. So, like, and there's so many NBA players. I don't know if it would be biased, and I hope that they wouldn't vote it biased. I hope they would say, okay, we're the players. We want to vote for the guy that's most deserving. I would hope so. But I do like what you say about the um, maybe Hall of Famers picking. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it would get, give them even more prominence in the league. Yeah, you know, I feel and like they deserve it. Yeah, exactly, and that goes for any sport. You know, you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it's a big moment. But then after that, you're kind of forgotten about. Yep. You know, your legacy lives on, especially with the fans of the team you played for. Mm -hmm. But in terms of a national fan audience, you know, it's it's not really there. So I think it could be. Could be cool to see some Hall of Fame coaches and players vote on these awards. And like I said, the brightest of the brightest of the basketball minds. But let's get into the other NBA awards yet to be announced. We're going to start it off with some predictions for the coach of the year. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, Eric Spolstra, and Monty Williams um, among the finalists. Who do you guys have? Logan, I'll kick it to you first. And I think I already know what name you're going to say. Eric Spolstra, 100% going to be Coach of the Year. If Eric Spolstra is not Coach of the Year, then that process is also rigged. Because everybody clowns me for being a Heat fan. Everybody clowns me for saying, oh, they're going to win the finals, which they are. They're going to win the finals this year for the millionth time. Eric Spolstra, Coach of the Year, no question. Alex? I agree. I, I wrote Eric Spolstra in my notes. What he's been able to do for the Heat is kind of kind of incredible um and he's been just a good coach for the past couple years in general um i think he deserves coach of the year man went from working in the mail room to being a coach of the year finalist mm -hmm. has he won coach of the year before i think so i feel like he's had around to. either like when Shaq and wade were there or maybe the lebron years yeah i feel like he would have had to 
My pick for Coach of the Year, though, is the guy that actually deserves it. I don't know what nonsense you guys are talking about behind the mics, but I'm going with Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. He should have won it last year. He led the Suns to an NBA best 64-18 and record, which is better by 13 games than last season, where he was without Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton this season for uh, certain long stretches, long stretches this season. So I do give it to Monty Williams, best record in the NBA. Did it with some injured people on his roster as well. Um, Eric Spolster, though. I don't even know if he would be second in this voting. I'd Eric probably Spolstra. give it to Taylor Jenkins. Second. Eric Spolstra has never won a coach of the year. Really? Never. That until, surprises me a lot. Until this year. Until now. I Yeah, he might win it just because of that to give him one. And then, you know, like the media, they hear that stat and they might be like, oh, let's just give him one. Because no, he deserves it. Yeah, honestly, with the... I think he deserves a coach of the year because of his coaching career. Yes, but this year, and I think Monty Williams is most deserving. Alex... I would just say with the Phoenix Suns, they're a very similar team to the Miami Heat and what they've been able to do with their team and um, what their coach has been able to do. I just want kind of think of what team was in a worse situation between the Suns uh, and the Heat, and I feel like the Heat have been struggling ever since LeBron James has left, and the Suns have always been bringing in rising talent that has kind of been like helping them always stay... Um, relevant, but like the Heat were like very irrelevant for a while. Now they're back on top. So I think the Suns are pretty irrelevant for a while. Even when they had Devin Booker, he was their only guy. And then DeAndre Ayton was off to a slow start. Finally developed into the guy he is today. And then bringing in Chris Paul really brought them to that next level. Mm -hmm. And that 64 and 18 record NBA best. I think it deserves to go to Monty Williams for NBA Coach of the Year. But moving on, we'll go to the most improved player of the year, John Morant, Darius Garland, and DeJounte Murray up for grabs. Who do you guys have in this one and why? Darius Garland, 100%. No bias as a Cavs fan. We're all Cavs fans up here. But if you look at the stats and you just look at another, he's another player like I talked about with Mobley that makes such an impact on the Cavs. Take Darius Garland off the Cavs this season, and I guarantee you we're like the 15th seed. Darius Garland has had such a bigger role this year because Colin Sexton was injured, obviously. And I just think that he just showed so much superstar potential. He became an all-star. It's just, it's Darius Garland. I also think Darius Garland uh, should win it. I just think looking at um, his competition, it was John Morant and who else? It was... Uh, John Morant, Darius Garland, DeJounte Murray. Come on. I I 100% agree, Logan. What Darius Garland has been able, um, how to improve, he is is the definition of the award. Like, John Morant's always kind of been good. John Morant's a superstar. Yeah, he's he's always been good. Like, as soon as he came into the NBA, you opened up Instagram, and it was just John Morant highlights every single time. Darius Garland had to make his way I did not think Darius Garland was that good for a while. So I would say he definitely deserves most improved. I also disagree with you guys again the second award in a row. Um, A couple of homers across the mics. I wanted to be a homer. I wanted to pick Darius Garland here, but I picked the real winner of this award, the man who's going to win it out of the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morantz. Look, I, I understand your point, 
and I think he could not win the award for two reasons. One, John Morant was injured for a good stretch of the season. And two, like you guys said, if we're talking about from last season to this season, I think John Morant was a great player, but this season he turned into a superstar. Darius Garland, we were all questioning his capabilities on the floor and even if he was going to be on the team for the future before the season. And then he came out and proved he was an all-star and did what Darius Garland does. So I agree with you in that aspect that Darius Garland might be, in the sense, most improved. But with John Morant, he increased his scoring average from 19.1 points per game to 26.4 points per game. His rebounding numbers jumped from 4.0 to 5.9 this season, and his steals shot up from 0.9 to 1.2. Also, he led the Grizzlies to the second-best record in the NBA this season. I do think John Morant is just that superstar in the NBA right now, and I think he jumped from not being a superstar to being a superstar, and I think that's going to get him the most improved player. Did season. Darius Garland not? I'm, obviously, I wouldn't say Darius Garland's a superstar, but he's he's right there. He was in the yeah no. So they're kind of the same boat, no? I think John Morant does more special things on the floor. I think everything he does is just there's However, just more to it. Take John Morant off the floor, and the Grizzlies played better without him. Take Darius Garland off the floor so, with the Cavs, and we're terrible. I get that argument. I just think that argument really, I feel like it almost only applies to MVP. Because most valuable player, who's the most valuable to their team? And then you can have that argument if you take that person off the floor, what does the team look like? But looking at most improved player, I don't think it's as cut and dry as looking at the team's performance with and without the player. I think it's looking at, okay, that player last season to this season, who is better the most? And I think John Morant proved that he wasn't a superstar, and now he is. I do think the improvement from Darius Garland is insane. I think Darius Garland is right there for this award, too. And I wouldn't be surprised if Darius Garland wins it, but I am going to give it to John Morant. This could also play into like what we talked about with like the media votes, because there's so many different ways of perceiving how this award should be chosen that can, that can play into bias, can play into misunderstanding of the award and can lead to people winning awards that should not win the award. And that's another thing Draymond Green touched on, I think. Like, there's no criteria for these awards. You know, you don't have to play X amount of games to be considered. You don't have to average this amount of points to be considered. You don't have to have anything like that. It's just, okay, you have a good season. You're going to be put up for these awards. So I do think there should be criteria. And even if you look at the media coverage, like you said, Logan, Darius Garland got a lot of media coverage this season, but John Morant was everywhere this season. True. Even in the All-Star game, you know, Darius Garland made some plays, but John Morant, he had a couple of those big dunks and flashiness. And I think his flashiness is what's going to get him this award, too. Like I said, John Morant and Darius Garland, Alex, like you said, they almost have the same um, same thing in the NBA where they went from not being the biggest guy to being the biggest guy on their team. But John Morant, I just think he does it in a bigger way, more flashy, and I think he's going to win the most improved player. But moving on from that, let's go to the sixth man of the year. It's between Kevin Love, Kelly Oubre, and Tyler Hero. Alex, I'll go to you first because I already know what Logan is going to say for this one as well. I'll say Tyler Hero. He's got great stats. I mean, they can't lie. He could he could easily be a starter uh, if they wanted to, but the fact that he's... um. His role on the sixth man is what makes him special is 
you don't necessarily need to have your best, best players on your starting five. It's what are you able to come off or come onto the court and do. And he he's helped uh, the Heat quite a bit when he comes off the court. So also, though, maybe Kevin Love because why not? He's so he, he he's so he's a lovable guy. He's old, and he comes off the court, and he just he I don't know if he misses from three. So you should have heard what we were talking about Kevin Love on these airwaves last year. It was the that, very opposite. <laughs> that's true. It was let's get rid of him. Yeah. He deserves to not even he's be washed. in the NBA. Yeah, we all deserve an apology to Kevin Love. Sorry, I'm sorry. Kevin. I'm sorry, Kevin. Thank you. I only slightly participated in it, so I don't think I owe an apology. But I've always been a Kevin Love guy. Logan, you're picking Tyler Hero. I'm picking Tyler Hero. Of course. Of course I'm picking Tyler Hero. Been a homer on all three picks so far. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if it was Kevin Love either. I think Kevin Love could has, again, with the there's no real criteria. I think Kevin Love makes just as much of an impact on the Cavs as Hero does for the Heat. But as a Heat fan, I watched the Heat all season. Tyler Hero is one of my favorite players. I just think he's... He's got the swag, like you said about John Morant, and he's flashier than Kevin Love. It's more of a flashy pick for the NBA, having a young guy win that award. And I think with Hero being in the playoffs, too, we get to see more of him. I just think he's more in the public eye, and that's going to come into play with this award. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys this time. I am also giving it to Tyler Hero. He finished the season averaging 20.7 points per game, five rebounds, and four assists while shooting 39.9% from three-point range. Just a ridiculous season from him. And like you said, Logan, the flashiness of Tyler Hero. And that was kind of my argument for John Morant winning the most improved player of the year. Um, Same argument applies here. Uh, You know, Kevin Love definitely helped out the team, but I think... Without Ricky Rubio, our bench kind of became stall at points. Um, so I'm not going to give it to Kevin Love. Unfortunately, I have the Cavs going over three with the NBA awards this season. But I do have it going to Miami Heat's own Tyler Hero. So I'm sure you're happy Legend. to hear that, Logan. You know, Jake, we don't agree on much. I'm, it's good to agree. Yeah. Well, this is a weird show so far. We're agreeing on things. I kind of feel uncomfortable that you guys aren't arguing as mm, much. Yeah. We'll have to just wait and see. Got a lot more show. Yeah, I mean, we do have an MVP to talk about right now. Oh, boy. Uh, we do. So, MVP, Duel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Who do you guys have? Joel Embiid. I think he's, it's very obvious. When you're a big man and you're able to average 30 points as a big man, it just goes to show how dominant of a player you are. That is Shaquille O'Neal dominance. I will compare Joel Embiid to Shaquille O'Neal right now with no regrets because that kind of dominance is generational talent. And it's insane that he's been able to consistently do it the entire season. And not only that, because what he's been able to do, he's pretty much carried his team the entire season by himself until they were able to bring in some guys. So I, I think it's pretty obvious Joel Embiid. I'm also going to go with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, I watched him play in Cleveland a few weeks ago, and I 100% agree with Alex. If you are able to, he scored 37 points against Cleveland. And as a big man, if you're scoring 37 points <laughs> a game, crazy. that's absurd. And he had he was dealing with the drama of ben, the Ben Simmons stuff all season, mm-hmm. and everybody's saying, oh, he's not the MVP, you're not that, you're not this. I think Joel Embiid definitely deserves MVP this year. 
Joel Embiid averaged 30.6 points per game, 11.7 rebounds per game, and he shot 49.9%. That's absurd. And 37.1% from behind the three-point arc as well. He's the NBA's first center to win the scoring title since the year 2000. I wasn't even born. MVP this year goes to Joel Embiid. I'm in complete agreement with you guys. He's the most unstoppable player in the NBA right now. And I'm pretty comfortable in saying that. And if you look at his stats, you look at what I just read off. First center to win the scoring title since 2000. What else can he do? What else does an MVP have to do? He has the stats. He has the field goal uh, shooting percentage. What else does he have to do to prove himself as the MVP? This is the year for Joel Embiid to take the MVP award home to Philadelphia. And I just think it makes a whole lot of sense. And, you know, the, the league likes to give it to different people. I think Nikola Jokic is right there in this race as well, but I don't think he's going to get it. He won it last year. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's been MVP before. I don't think he had as impressive of a season as Joel Embiid either, so I do give it to the big man, and I think your Shaq comparison, Alex, was spot on, and he can also shoot from three-point range, which just makes him a ridiculous player and a complete package, and this year's MVP, in my opinion, One last thing before we go to break, though. With the NBA awards, I didn't realize that they're just going to announce them throughout the playoffs. Do you guys like this, or do you wish there was the NBA award show where it might be an hour on TNT, a special with all the TNT guys giving away these awards? I think they should definitely have the award show. I liked the NBA awards when they had them. I I didn't even like when Marcus Smart was announced as Defensive Player of the Year. I didn't even, like, hear about it. I saw it on social media. I was like, oh, they already announced this? Wow. Yeah. I just think there should be more presentation for it. Yeah, why switch it up? It, it almost devalues the award when not as many people know when it's about to happen. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it devalues the award as well. And I'm finding out about these awards from Bleacher Report notifications on my phone. Exactly. And through Twitter. I'm not, I want these awards to be prestigious and I want to feel the energy around these guys when they get announced and walk up to a stage and give it a, a speech. I don't know why they changed it. I don't like that just, oh, randomly, okay, oh, I guess the Rookie of the Year award was being announced yesterday and it happened to be Scotty Barnes and I, probably. So that'll do it for us for Sports Power Talk for our first segment. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on the NBA. We'll talk about LeBron and his guarantee. That'll be our Around the Roof for the week. You won't want to miss that. Also talk about some other storylines in the NBA, including a recap of what's going on in the first round of the playoffs. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned to 88.1. We are back with more Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murren. I'm the host of the Best Sports Talk Show. There is, was, and ever will be. Joining me today are my analysts, Logan Congrove. What it do, flight crew? And Alex Henry. (laughs) What's up, guys? All right. Let's get right back into the NBA. And we're going to start it off with the GOAT, LeBron James, and his tweet that he sent out yesterday. What'd you say? Say questionable. Questionable. 
I'm, I don't like having that conversation, but I've expressed that opinion before. So not going to get into that, but he did tweet yesterday. I can slash will not miss the postseason again for my career. This hurts. Okay, back to watching these games. So that leads us to Around the Rue, where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports, so you guys can participate in the conversation as well. The question for this week, though, is will the Lakers make the postseason next year? Yes, I think so. They have, they have LeBron James, and I think that they they're going to do something with Westbrook. Westbrook won't be around like that. He won't be either not on the team or he will not play like that again. They're going to have a new coach, which I think it'll end up being like Mark Jackson or somebody. And yeah, they won't miss the playoffs again. If they do, then it's going to become a huge LeBron issue. Is is the question will LeBron miss the playoffs again, or is it? It's will the, will Lakers, the Lakers will the Lakers make, make the postseason next year? Man, that's rough. They got to make some changes. If they don't make any changes, their current team right now, they're not making it. The West is only getting better. Finally, they're not going to make it. So I would say, I would say no. Yeah, for right now, it's a tricky conversation to have because you know we still have all free agency and trades to go down, and I think the GM can make it happen. But for now. I'm going to say no. Um, AD constantly gets hurt. He's made out of paper. And Westbrook is still on the roster as well. So I'm not sure. We'll see what happens with the Lakers. And I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, like you said, Alex, with their current roster. But with Westbrook potentially being on the move, and if AD can stay healthy, I think they can compete in the West. But right now, I am going to disagree with Logan. We're disagreeing finally. There we go. Yeah, that's back, I liked it. Back to normal. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Lakers will make the postseason next year as of right now. But like I said, that is our around the root question for this week. So you can participate with, on it on our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. It will be up directly after the show at 1 p.m. So go ahead and follow us and vote in around the root for this week. Moving on from LeBron and the Lakers, because I'm honestly kind of sick of talking about the Lakers with Russell Westbrook always having something to stir the pot with. Um, Definitely that's Trash Panda, a.k.a. Raccoon. (laughs) Raccoon Westbrook. Raccoon Westbrook, yes. Um, Yeah, kind of sick with the Lakers making the headlines, but they always will. Uh, Different team making headlines, though. A potential rebranding coming for the Utah Jazz. A rebranding to Black yellow and white the yellow looks almost neon and would it be the worst collection of jerseys in the sport my answer would be yes my answer would absolutely be yes as well if you're gonna if you're going to rebrand the utah jazz there is only one direction you should take that and that is put the mountains back on the jersey rebrand to purple north carolina blue and have the big mountains on the jersey don't do some generic thing. They and those Baylor's look. They look like Baylor's jerseys to me. They look like college jerseys. They're just bland. And I think in the NBA, bland is boring. I agree. And jerseys are only getting better. There's so many cool jerseys. There's teams I don't even like, and I want to just buy their jerseys because I think their jerseys are so cool. Those jerseys that were leaked were hideous. They were disgusting. You couldn't pay me to wear one. So if they're you said the mountains. I like the mountains. If they wanted to switch it up, maybe 
they could even like um maybe they could do something like with the jazz like with the jazz yeah. theme well well music action i don't know yeah and they have that like music note in their logo so i think they should just utilize that to its best potential and the black yellow white i don't understand why they're changing colors it makes no sense to me i kind of like their current color scheme i do too and if looking back at the history of their jerseys, you brought them up, Logan. The mountain uniforms, the purple, the light blue, the white, they looked amazing. Maybe one of the best NBA uniforms in the history of the NBA. So I don't know why they just don't bring back those. And if you go to those black, yellow, and white uniforms and you have that purple one in your team's history... I have no idea why you wouldn't Absolutely. go back to that and utilize those best those uniforms that might be the best in NBA history. But it's up to the Utah Jazz. We'll see what they do. Um, if they do rebrand, they're going to look terrible every single night because every single uniform in that collection was terrible. But going into the NBA playoffs, of course, the first round is going on right now. A lot of things are going on, but I want to touch on the playoff injuries going on. So Joel Embiid, we all thought he would be the MVP. He actually has a torn ligament in his right thumb. Kyle Lowry of the Miami Heat has a hamstring injury. Chris Middleton is out for their first series, and even Luka Doncic missed the first three games. Uh, and Devin Booker's hamstring injury as well. So lots of injuries so far in the playoffs. And I want to talk about this because I think the NBA should do something to reduce the number of games, not only in the regular season, but also make the first round of the playoffs a five-game series. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this and see what you guys think about all these playoff injuries that the league is going through right now. I think it's tough for the league. I think it's tough for all the teams participating in the playoffs. Me, as a Heat fan, I think that the Kyle Lowry injury isn't that detrimental to Miami, honestly. I think that... We have guys like Caleb Martin. We have Victor Oladipo, which I'm not really sure why Victor Oladipo is not getting any minutes. That really is blowing my mind. But Chris Middleton is huge for the Bucs. That's a huge injury. And I just think it's unfortunate. It's It'll be nice to see what Ben Simmons can do when he comes back for the Nets. That'll be a significant comeback. But, I, yeah, I just think it's unfortunate for the league. So you, you think Eric Spolstra should be playing Victor Oladipo more? Absolutely. But you think Eric Spolstra is the NBA coach of the year. Yes. <laughs> okay. People are allowed to make questionable decisions. Okay. He's right. still the coach of the year. I just that's one thing that I'm like I don't know if Monty Williams has any questionable decisions. Uh, I don't know why I don't know I don't know. He Victor Oladipo was like such a star caliber player and he's just sitting at the end of our bench. Well who's to blame for that? Not Eric Spolstra. The hell, he's the coach. Tell Victor Oladipo to quit having fake injuries and play. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll see. So my take on this, though, is that the NBA should reduce the amount of regular season games played. It's been a conversation around the NBA for years now. I think they just play too many games. It would limit those back-to-back games throughout the season as well. And honestly, in my opinion, the first round of the playoffs is not... Is not key to the rest of the playoffs. I just don't think it's as important um, as it shouldn't be, but I just don't think it's important at all. 
and I think the first round of the playoffs should be a five-game series instead of seven, and the best team in a five-game series should always prevail. If they're the best team, they should be able to win three out of five, regardless of the matchup and the series at hand. Alex, I'll kick it over to you, though. What are your thoughts on the injuries and if the NBA should take action and do something about it? Yeah, I 100% agree in that... um I agree that uh, I think they should shorten the season for sure and definitely get rid of back-to-back games. And that would eliminate eliminate so many injuries, I guarantee it. So I agree. Yeah, it definitely would. And right now is not the time you want to see all these injuries going on in the playoffs. Even the MVP in all of our minds is dealing with a torn ligament in his thumb and even guys on, like, your favorite team, Kyle Lowry, going through some injuries as well. Um, Luka Doncic, one of the best players in the league right now. Even Devin Booker. So a lot of guys dealing with injuries. Hopefully that trend does not continue throughout the rest of the playoffs. Hopefully these guys get healthy and we can see the best of both teams go at it in the playoffs, which is really what the playoffs are about, the best teams going at it as they race for the Larry O'Brien Trophy. But let's get into the NBA playoffs. Let's get into the action. And one of the best series of the first round, in my opinion, is between the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Even though the Celtics are up 3-0, it's been a heck of an entertaining series in the first round. Jason Tatum's buzzer beater layup in Game 1 last Sunday on Easter. Uh, KD hasn't been playing like himself, which is pretty odd. And Ben Simmons is likely to make his return in Game 4. Could he be the missing piece? We'll have to see. What are you guys' thoughts on the Nets and Celtics series? You ever watch Kevin Durant's movie Thunderstruck? I <laughs> Yeah. It's I don't think like I that, did. It's almost like that kid came and took his talent. He lost his talent. Because this is unbelievable watching this guy play right now. Celtics all the way. This I I cannot stand Kyrie Irving. And I love watching Kevin Durant not be good. Specifically because my roommate is the biggest Kevin Durant fan in the world. And it is so annoying. And I love watching this dude not be good. Go Kyrie. That's all I'm say. Oh, man. I'm a Why? Big, like, I'm a big Kyrie fan. Are you a Cavs fan? Yep. Then why are you a Kyrie fan? I mean, is 2016 not a good enough answer? Cool. But the years before that? And then he cried and left. I mean, he was the face of our franchise for a couple of years and before LeBron came and back. Left. And then he made it one of the best shots in Cavs history. And then he cried and left. Who cares about that? He got us a championship. And then he cried and left. Why does that matter, though? Because if you... He said... I was... Here's a little fun fact, everybody. When I was in the third grade, Kyrie Irving came to my school, Green High School, and he read us a book. And a kid asked him, my friend Nick. That was your friend? It was my... He said, no way. Kyrie, are you going to leave us? He said, no. And what did he do? He left. And not only that, <laughs> he thinks the earth is flat. I mean, things and happen. He doesn't... Des- Things happen. What okay. happened, Jake? First I mean, of all, what things happen. All things he wanted aside. to come to Boston. That's what happened. He wanted Dude, to leave the, the Browns to go to the Boston. The Browns also told Baker Mayfield that he was our guy for the future. And you saw how that turned out. Right, but that's like, an organization happen. telling him. But he that. wasn't the guy. No, he was not the guy, but we were. It was like do a that. two-year-old asking him a question. Get out of here. Man. And at that point, he probably did think he I was will, staying with the Cavs I will forever. give it to you, though. We were like, I will give it to you. Nine. <laughs> it is very, very impressive that Kyrie is able to play the, he's, the way he's playing right now without while fasting for Ramadan. That's, yeah. that's, that's mad very, very it's impressive. Mad impressive. I, honestly, like, I'm just a fan of the player and what he does. Like, Even when LeBron was on our team, I was still 
a bigger fan of Kyrie than LeBron. I just liked Kyrie's. I like how he plays. Just his Watch ability. Steph Curry. Ooh. I, okay. Yeah. I. Yeah, but he's a villain in my mind. If I'm a Cavs fan, Steph Curry's I always been a Ky- villain. Kyrie's a villain. Not in my why? Kyrie why is he a villain? He left us. He le- and then who cares? And not only did he break Cavalier fans' hearts, he broke Boston fans' hearts because he, he said he's not going to care about Boston. He did them even worse. Who cares not, about Boston? He said he's not going to leave Boston either. Then he, he stomped on their logo. <laughs> then he left. Boston has enough championships for the next decade. Oh my! I don't God. care about Boston. Okay, okay but you do about care about Cavaliers. Okay, if you do care about Cleveland. Then he he cried and left us. Okay, look, circle back yes, to the fact and that I he know cried he said a lot. Us. And I know he said a lot of bad things about Cleveland. I overlook that for what he did for us on the floor, and that's where I'll leave it. He really seriously couldn't just be quiet for one more season and play with LeBron for one more year. He had to get traded for Isaiah Thomas, who ended up being garbage anyway. We traded Kyrie Irving for dirt, and I mean, he was just cool with it. You're not wrong. I'm a fan of Kyrie. The basketball player. I recognize all the off-field or off-court issues. You know, Earth is flat and all that stuff that he's done. Um, <laughs> he's a very wild individual, but I just like what I see when he plays basketball. That's all I'll say. And he played basketball for many years for my team, and he brought a championship home to my team, and I respect him for it. Okay. And I'm a fan of Kyrie for it. I know he said some bad things. I know he's done a lot of weird things, but... I'm a fan. I did throw his jersey into a creek when he left. <laughs> There's Logan, my biggest issue with you is that you don't have respect for players that win. Well, you I don't have respect, doesn't for, have respect for Yeah, me. man. I don't have respect for okay, players that going, leave. Going beyond Kyrie, though, you had no respect for Baker Mayfield. Nope. You had no respect for LeBron James. <laughs> Absolutely not. You're a Cavaliers and Heat fan. And he left both of my teams. So he why would I respect both LeBron? of your team's championships? Cool, this is 2022, and you're not on either of my teams anymore. So why would I like you? All you did was mess up both franchises for the foreseeable future. Hey, but it's all right, because the Cavs were in the play-in, the Heat are still playing, and LeBron's on his couch. I just don't understand. Wow. He won your team's championships. This okay. Right you realize how rare that is? You realize what a feat that is? Yeah, you realize how cool. appreciative you, you were this in the is moment. 2022. I want another one. And where are you? You need to live in the past on a little bit. Couch, you live need to live in the past, past a little hey, bit. Come yes, on, dude. You need to live in the past this a little bit. Unreal. I know you should. No, Alex. Oh boy, Alex. What do you make of this? Things are getting hot in here, guys. I told. Her, I I introduced him at the top of the show as my arch rival, Alex. This is what you get when Logan's on the show. I don't know how you can hate LeBron, though. It really I don't hate LeBron. I, I don't hate LeBron as a person. He's done sense. good things for Akron. But this dude messed up both of my teams for a yeah. while. He won you a championship. And then we're going to circle back them. to this comment. And then he cried and left. It's That's just how it works. How did he cry and leave Miami? He left Miami because he wanted to play for the Cavs. Okay, you know. Did he not leave the Cavs left, on a good note? Yeah, and then when he left Cleveland, like, not the, I don't know, the first time, whatever. But the first sec- time was bad. The second time. The first time was bad because of the way he, he left, went about it. Yeah. I mean, well, the second time he left, it was fine. I feel like most Cavs fans weren't even upset. I don't, I don't, I really don't like Kyrie. LeBron, I can, I can respect. If he were to come back, I'd be, I'd, we've talked about this before, I'd be cool with it. But, like, Kyrie. I don't know how you can, as a, I'm as just, a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers, that dude spit on our organization. He fixed both of your organizations when he was there. 
Kyrie? No, LeBron. No, I'm talking about Kyrie. Well, I'm circling back to LeBron. <laughs> from our very own Jeff Longville in the group chat. He called you ungrateful. Jeff. And he said that LeBron fixed both of your franchises Jeff. when he was playing for them. Jeff. Did he not? Jeff. <laughs> Talk to Jeff right now. <laughs> Jeff, I know you're listening right now, dude. <laughs> Don't even get me started, Jeff. You root for the worst teams ever. <laughs> no, get started. Get started, Logan. Come on Jeff. now. Jeff. I, I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday today, but I am here to tell you that your opinion is extremely invalid. You're just ungrateful. That's the best. You're unappreciative and you're ungrateful of the sports legends of four-year teams. No, I'm not ungrateful, Jake. I am. <laughs> I can't believe that you root for people that mess up your teams and spit on your organization. How did LeBron mess up your teams? He torched us for three years. He won you championships. So what? So, so what? what? That's, that's all he can do. That's so the, what? That's cool. The, of what he the Heat do. was 2012. That was like 10 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Cool, dude. That was 10 years ago. Cleveland, that was six years ago. <laughs> Who cares? This is 2022, and you're on the Lakers. You're not on either of my teams. But you can't. So I'm not a fan of you anymore. Oh, he's, Logan. The, he's arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, in my opinion. Absolutely not. So, oh, okay. this season Dude. torches that argument. Whatever. He is not even in that. What did conversation. he do wrong this season? He, his team blows. You, how can you be the greatest player of all time if your team blows? I'll be. You're Jeff. supposed to make your team better, and he has. He's on a team that blows. I'll be Jeff right now. No, he did nothing he wrong for his bro. team. He elevated a very bad and a very old and a very injured Lakers Whose team. Whose fault was it that all those old players were oh, on the Lakers? No, I have that take, too. Not, I, agree. Not I have that take, Lakers. too. I blame LeBron a lot for the mistakes of the Lakers this year they because he is. Aaron Fox. No, no, yeah, I agree. He wanted Russell Westbrook. No, I agree with you garbage. there. I just uh-huh. think you need to be more grateful and appreciative of the sports for, legends for on your favorite he teams. Is, he is a top five player of all So time. what is like the 2016... Cavs NBA championship means to you. What does it Nothing? mean to me? No, it means a lot to me. No, it's 2022. Why does it matter? It doesn't matter to in your, the present to right your now. Opinion, oh. it's 2022. Yeah, it is 2022. Does so, it not matter? Where's LeBron in 2022? In I'll tell you where he was in 2016. He was screaming, cool. Cleveland, this is for if you. I, um, if did you I, hear it in our intro? Yeah, exactly. I did. So if I, like, if I check my phone right now and check the date, that appears to be five years ago. But So what does, the 20, what does it mean to you? What does if we're living in twenty twenty two? What do those championships I went mean? To, I went to the parade. Nothing. I, I have a lot of memories with my family. With that, that was cool. <laughs> it was cool to listen to and oh, watch. Man. But like, dude, what? That's like saying, man, we're in college here. But that one day in third grade, man, that was just the best. Why like, can't you reminisce on the past? Because it's boring. You got to live in the what? present. Get him out of the show. You got to live in the present, Get Jake. Him out. It's about stories, man. You have stories to tell from your past that mean something to this you. Is ridiculous. Okay. This is ridiculous. If Chris, Chris, if Chris is listening right now, you need a suspension from WZIP. <laughs> yeah. This is Man, all the hot takes on WZIP this morning. Bad Always. takes. This is bad takes. The best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. Wow. You already yes, know. sir. Shall we get back to the NBA playoffs, gentlemen? Are we yeah. ready? Yeah, it's Are we okay. calm down we enough? We can go back now. All right. <laughs> My goodness. So the 76ers lead the Raptors 3-1. Mavericks lead the Jazz 2-2. Celtics lead the Nets 3-0, as we already talked about. And the Timberwolves are tied with the Grizzlies 2-2. 
NBA action today. A lot of Game 4 is going on between the Bucks, Bulls, Warriors, Nuggets, Heat, Hawks, Suns, and Pelicans. On last week's show, I, along with Pat and Jeff, got our predictions for the NBA playoffs. I want to get yours and compare them against mine. You have the benefit of the doubt because these first series are already underway. But nonetheless, I'll kick it to you guys on who you think is going to win each first round playoff series. So for Boston and although I, Jake, I know we just disagreed a lot for the past like 20 minutes, but I do agree with you that what we talked about that I think the first round doesn't really matter that much. It just doesn't. But I think Celtics sweep Miami in six. I'll give the Hawks another game. Although I think Jimmy Butler is just that dude. And will win with ease throughout all the way to the finals, you know what I'm saying? Um Bucks, Bulls, I think the Bulls look really down. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go with the Bucks in probably five. And the Nuggets also look terrible. Mm-hmm. Warriors end up winning that and Suns over Pelicans for sure. Alright. Alex? Yep, I got the Suns winning. Then I have Dallas and Utah is difficult, but I think Dallas will pull through. I also think Golden State will win. I think um, Memphis will win. I agree with you guys. Boston's going to win. They're going to close. Milwaukee's going to win. Philly will win. Uh, And then I think... (sighs) Are you down to the Nets and Celtics right now? No, I'm at uh, Atlanta and Miami. Oh, okay. Careful. I don't know. You're gonna get heated again? Yes. Atlanta has been a they're they're really on right now. Now they they're down two one. They're gonna stay down. I think Atlanta might pull through oh. eight seed upset and beat Miami. Possibly. Ooh. Alex. Logan, how if you that feel? happens, I will be the most upset person on the planet. If it happens, you have to buy a Trey Young jersey. Okay. There you go. All right. I think Trey. I just think Trey. I just think Trey Young's looked really hot, and I think Miami is kind of slowing down. And they, I will say that we've looked slower. Yeah, the they've last looked couple slower. Games. And Atlanta's got everything. Jimmy Butler looks gassed after that. 45. Yeah, and Atlanta's got nothing to lose. Really, right. they really don't have anything to lose. And when you got a team that's playing like they have nothing to lose against a team that's slowing down, that's when upsets happen. They were already able to win a game, and they won in pretty dominant fashion. So I don't know. We'll see. But that's All my right. that's my first round picks. I think Jeff still better get ready to buy that Max Trust jersey. I can't we'll wait. We'll I see. can't wait. Jeff. All right. Well, my first round predictions have not panned out too well so far. I had the Suns, which is looking good. I had the Jazz, Warriors, Grizzlies out of the out of the West, and then for the East, I have the Heat, Seventy Sixers, Bucks. In the Nets, um, unfortunately, the Nets don't look like they're going to get it done, which is really unfortunate because I had the Nets going to the finals. So I feel really Should good about that pick. I feel very, very good about that pick right now. Um, uh, let's go to the second round of the playoffs, why don't we? Logan, I'll get, I'll kick it to you first. Second round. Um, you already know my prediction with the Heat. The Heat are going to win the whole thing, so the Heat will advance, and then. Let me pull up the bracket here to see what the... Thank you, Alex. Yep, so it would be the Heat versus the 76ers. So you have the Heat win on that one. Heat Heat beat the 76ers in 
five. I would say Boston in six against Milwaukee. I would say it's going to be Phoenix and Phoenix and Dallas on the other side. And you have the, the Dallas beating the Warriors? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I would have the Warriors over Dallas for sure. Okay. And then... Yeah, that's the second round. Yeah. Yeah. Alex? I got Atlanta losing to Philly. Beating the Heat just to lose to Philly? Yep. <sighs> Philly's, Philly's looking good. Uh, and then I'm going to have uh, the Boston Celtics beating Milwaukee. Then I'm going to have Golden State uh, beating Minnesota and Phoenix beating Dallas. All right. I had the Suns beating the Jazz, Warriors beating the Grizzlies, the 76ers beating the Heat in seven. Okay. Yeah. 76ers beating the Heat. We'll see. And then I had the Nets beating the Bucks in seven, but that's likely not going to happen. In my conference finals, I had the Warriors beating the Suns, and unfortunately the Nets beating the 76ers Rough. to set up a storytelling to perfection finals between the Warriors and the Nets with KD and Steph Curry. It would be amazing. As a wrestling fan, you can't book anything better than that, but unfortunately it looks like it's not going to happen, but I'm going to stick to my prediction that the Warriors are going to win it all this season, they're back. Ouch. They're healthy. Um, it hurts to say because you know they're the villain. It's like a I valid said, pick. Kyrie's not the villain. The Warriors are the villains. Oh boy! But yes, I do think the Warriors will win it all. But who do you guys think is going to win the entire NBA Finals? Miami Heat. Uh, Miami. <laughs> Heat. Miami Heat for sure. Miami versus the Warriors, and Heat in six. All right. I think the Phoenix Suns will win. I like the, the pick. 2022 NBA Finals, and they get what they should have. They, they they deserve it. I think they get it. All right. Not a bad pick at all. That'll verse, do it. First, um, yeah. Verse Boston, by the way. Ooh, Boston going far. Yep. Carrying the momentum over. All right. I don't hate it. It's better than mine already because I have the Warriors and Nets, but you guys did have the advantage of having three games into the playoffs, so. I'll give you that one. But that'll do it for the hour of NBA talk to start off Sports Power Talk today. When we come back, we'll talk about the MLB and the Guardians. Of course, their incident with the Yankees yesterday afternoon. That was one of the most heated segments of SBT to date. So I hope you all enjoyed that one. And we'll be right back with more hot takes and debates. Don't go anywhere. What's going on, everyone? We are back with more Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. My name is Jake Murin. I am the host of your show. Today, we're coming off one of the most heated segments of Sports Power Talk. One of my analysts joining me today is Logan Congrove. FTC. How are we we doing, Logan? I'm great. Jake, I hope we're cool, man. That was rough. That was something else. But hey, we might not be done. Yeah. We still have an hour More left. To come, Jake. An hour left. And I hope Jeff is still listening. I'm sure he is. I'm not done with Jeff. I'm sure he is. Alex Henry hey as my other guest. I uh I like sports. Hey Jeff. <laughs> uh it's real fun to be up here right now. <laughs> How's the the third seat going on between this rivalry that is I, Logan and I? I love to just sit back and kind of watch <laughs> greatness go down. Honestly, like LeBron being the GOAT. Are we better of- than like Roxena? 
Yeah. It, oh, you're way better than Roxena. Yeah. This is this is this is great. That's what I thought. Well, let's get into the MLB and the Guardians. I'm a big baseball guy. Everybody knows this. And even though the NBA playoffs are going on right now, we're approaching the NFL drafts. The thing I'm looking into the most is the MLB and the Guardians. I am already obsessed with the AL Central standings. It's just something I enjoy looking at, and I love that baseball is here. I love that it is a fantastic 79 degrees outside here at the University of Akron. It's a great time. We're almost done with school, but let's get right into the MLB headlines with perhaps the biggest one being Miguel Cabrera. Miggy got his 3,000th hit yesterday. He became the 33rd player in MLB history to reach the milestone, and he became the 7th player in MLB history with 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. It's been a heck of a career for Miguel Cabrera. What did you guys make of the history and the milestone he accomplished yesterday? Boy, I've never liked this guy as a Guardians fan, but it is very impressive, 3,000 hits, and he definitely has had quite the career, and hats off to him. Alex, any takes on Miguel Cabrera? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's very impressive milestone. Like you said, seventh player with 3,000 hit, 500 homers. Just goes to show. Dude's good. Yeah, very, very good. And he might be a little bit washed up now in his later days, but as a Guardians fan growing up, he would always wreak havoc on us. And in the AL Central, my least favorite team is the Detroit Tigers because of... This guy, Miguel Cabrera, every single time the Guardians would go up against this man, he would wreak havoc on or against our team. But now, you know, the Tigers are a bit down the ladder, and now it's more so the White Sox and the Twins. But still, I hold resentment towards the Tigers because of this man. But I do recognize greatness, and Miguel Cabrera is greatness. I thought it was also a great moment with his former teammate, Jose Iglesias of the Rockies. Um, They had a nice um, embrace at first base once he... He got to first base. So that was pretty cool to see. And he has 2,158 hits with the Tigers since joining the club in 2007. The rest of the hits came as a Miami Marlin before that. But great career for Miguel Cabrera. I'm sure this will be his last one now that he has accomplished his feat. And he'll go off on a high note. And the Tigers, we'll see what happens with them. They did make more moves this offseason than the Guardians. So we'll see what happens. Other MLB headlines, though. There is a rumor and a potential expansion into Nashville. So former all-star pitcher and three-time World Series champion Dave Stewart is leading a group seeking to obtain an MLB franchise in Nashville, Tennessee. That would be the first majority-minority-owned team in Major League history. Right now, Rob Manfred spoke on the issue. He said he wants to fix current stadium issues like the ones in Oakland and Tampa Bay. They've definitely been reporting low audience numbers thus far in the young season before expanding into other places like Nashville. Personally, I think the MLB could certainly use some expansion, and I think Nashville was even a rumored place for the Guardians to move to before we rebranded and stayed in Cleveland for years and years to come. But Nashville, we already have the name, Nashville Stars, been rumored. What do you guys make of the potential expansion into Nashville, their name, and everything going on with the MLB in regards to the potential expansion? I like it. I think Nashville is a nice, it's a nice place to put an MLB team. Nashville has a huge music population. There's a lot of people, a lot of tourists, a lot of travelers that come down to Nashville just to kind of be in the area. And I think it would be, it'd be easy for them to, if they're worried about attendance and stuff like that, if that's what Rod Manfred is confer- concerned about, even though Rob Manfred is 
I'm not getting into that. The worst commissioner, the worst commissioner ever. of but all time in any sport point. ever? Not the point. But if that's what that dude is worried about, then I think Nashville is a place they should consider. There's there's a lot of potential there for a team. Yeah, this is what the MLB needs to do. They need to start doing stuff like this to bring in new fans. How do you bring in new fans? Drop a whole team in an entire new city. That's a great way to bring in new fans. They've just been struggling with bringing in fans uh, for the past few years now. I think it's great. Even if you're not a baseball fan, you say, oh, wow, there's a new baseball team. You might turn on the game and get hooked. Yeah. Who knows? And I think it'd be great. Hey, Logan, listen to this. This is what okay. this is what good relationships sound like. Yeah. Alex, I agree with you. Wow. Because you made a great point, a point that I didn't think about. Unlike Logan, I agree with you. And I think you made some great points. Um, you know, you're right, though. Like, the fan base of the MLB has been decreasing. A lot of fans saying it's boring. And, you know, like, the time increments being put into the game with a pitching clock and everything like that, trying to speed up the game, even though players and diehard fans like I don't think that all that stuff is necessary. It's definitely one of the more less popular sports now, especially with the NFL and NBA only increasing, especially even overseas and whatnot. The MLB is definitely a step behind, and that goes everywhere, even with marketing. Like, they have stars across the league that they're just not marketing well enough. And you're right, if they do drop a whole new team in a whole new city like Nashville, they already have Nashville stars as a rumored name. They do that. I think this fan base for the MLB grows, and then they can finally get some new fans, maybe even expand internationally in a few would more they, years. Now, would they have to bring in a new team to even out the numbers? Because is there 30 MLB teams right now? So I'm not sure how that would work. Um, I think I think we're on the really, really early stages right now, sure. especially with the history of it being that it was the majority minority-owned team. Right. Um, I think Dave Stewart is a great guy to lead this charge, being that he is three-time World Series champion, an all-star pitcher in his own right as well. Yeah, I just think it's a matter of time. If they do expand to Nashville, I'm sure they would try and get another team in there too. Right. Um, I think it's a possibility, but we'll have to see what happens yeah, with, the, with the MLB great. in the future. Uh, another storyline that I want to get to with the MLB before we get into the Guardians. Were the offensive numbers for the league this season, and my goodness, are they down and down a lot? So they have gone from 4.53 runs per game in 2021 to just 3.99 runs per game. The league-wide batting average is an all-time low at 231, which is terrible. Wow. Home runs are also down to .90 per game from 1.22 per game last season. So I know like the runs per game and the home runs per game are just down slightly this season so far, and we are still in the early stages of this long 162-game season. But the batting average really sticks out to me, a 231 batting average. Slow. To start the season, these offensive numbers for the entire league are way down. And that's only going to hurt the popularity of the MLB like we were just talking about. What do you guys make of this this trend that we're seeing early on in the MLB season? So while we're on the topic of offensive numbers in the MLB, did you see the score from the Cubs-Pirates game? I did. That's crazy. Yeah, it almost and looked I'm, like the the yeah. Bears were beating up the Steelers. I yesterday. wanted I wanted to point out a tweet from this, my friend that I graduated with, Andrew Radigan, says three things are guaranteed in life: death, taxes, and the Pittsburgh Pirates not being good at baseball. Yeah. And I would a hundred percent agree with that. That's that's crazy to me. That 
20, 21 runs yeah. in a baseball For those game. of you that don't know, the final score was 21-0. to zero. The Cubs beat the Pirates really, really bad. So, but yeah, fun time there. I think the offensive numbers being down for the league hurts viewership because, like you said, fans are saying it's getting quote-unquote boring. And if that's the case, offense is what people consider interesting. So that's not going to help that case very much. Yeah, I would say I think it's explainable because they had a way shortened preseason. Um, You really got to practice batting, get in the groove of things. So that could be a reason as well as pitchers are just getting really, really, really good. And teams have a lot of really good pitchers, so it's hard to uh, strike some of these guys out. Or it's easier to strike some of these guys out because so many teams have good pitchers. Um, But it's as somebody who is that person that would say baseball is very boring without seeing that offense. I now do I love seeing you know a pitcher being able to have a great game every once in a while. Sure, it's awesome, love it. But man, is it boring to just see no offense at all. Yes, I see a two thirty one average among the league. I just want to, I I can't watch a game. It's very hard. So with that, I want to ask you: Are you a fan of removing the defensive shifts, where the infielders move to a certain position in on in the infield where hitters are likely to hit the ball? That way, a lot of people are getting out on ground balls, and they're going to remove the shift after this season to where they're stuck to their locations. It'll let batters hit the ball into the gaps of the infield more easily. There's a lot of people saying, no, it's a bad idea. Analytics deserve to be in the sport. People are doing their homework. The defensive shift should be a thing. There are other people that are saying, it's boring. We want more activity. And keeping them in their positions is going to allow for more hits and more runs and more base runners especially as well. I I would say it is boring, but it's kind of part of the sport. And I feel like for that, like, tradition-wise, I kind of want to see it, and I kind of want to see hitters be able to just get around it. Um, but if we're talking about making the sport more entertaining and better for the fans, yes, 100%. Yeah, I would agree with Alex's get rid point. Of like, just yeah. get rid of them. I think if, you are di- if you're a diehard baseball fan, I see the point where that it's like, why take away preparation? Like, these guys know what's going to happen, and they're using it to their advantage, and that hurts the integrity of the game. But as a fan, I'd rather see more hits. I see that. I see that point of view as well. So I think it's a good call, probably getting rid of it. And it's not like it's going to be uneven. Both teams can do it. Will do it. It's not like it's yeah. going to be one team or the other. So it really it shouldn't change too much. But making the game a little more fast, right? You know. So I was thinking of like I understand both sides to this conversation. And I thought of a middle ground of, like, each team gets three shifts per game. It's that almost like a challenge flag or something that they say, okay, yeah, bases are loaded, cleanup hitters coming up in the first inning with no outs. Yeah, I'm, I'm running the shift right now trying to get a double play or something. Right. So I feel like it should be more – people love it for the strategy, for the analytics that go into, okay, this batter hits this way, let's put our fielders in those positions – Make more strategy out of it. Make sure that managers can only call on the shift three times a game 
That way, sure, we get more hits, we get more base runners, but at the same time, the integrity of the shift still has a place in the game. So that's my take on it, but um, interesting stuff out of the out of you, Alex, who isn't the biggest baseball fan, but would like to see the shift removed, which it will be. And I think you know that two thirty one all time low batting average this season has to go up with the removal of the shift next year as well. So before we get into the Guardians, I want to talk about the most surprising part of the season so far in all of our opinions. Honestly, I first saw that offensive number with the batting average, and that was mine. And then I did a little bit more digging, and I found a different surprising part of the season. But I want to go to you guys first. What was your most surprising part of the MLB season thus far? I think the most surprising part thus far is that they're playing an MLB season after all that offseason drama. I think yeah, that, that period is awesome to me. Like, we we talked about it on air when all that was going on, and we all said no. Me, I remember it was me, you, and Alex. We all said no, they're not going to play. They're not going to play this year. And the fact that they're playing it all is surprising to me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's pretty cool that the Guardians are up right now in the AL. Uh, that surprises me. Uh but definitely numbers being down right now is huge. So I would still stick with that as the most surprising thing. So mine, I dug deep and went to the Texas Rangers, who are 5-9 and nine this season. That is the worst record in the American League. And for those of you that don't know, they spent $581 million in free agency Whoa. last season. So... They were one of the biggest, if not the biggest, spender in free agency in the MLB. They got Marcus Semien from the Blue Jays, who hit 45 home runs last season. Currently, he has zero home runs with a 158 batting average. So getting zero production out of Marcus Semien and also got Corey Seager from the Dodgers. He's batting 259, which isn't terrible, but he only has two extra base hits. The club also has an AL high of a 5.68 ERA. 5-9 and nine this season for the Texas Rangers, one of the biggest spenders. We all thought coming into it that they would be a force to be reckoned with in the AL and in the MLB as a whole. Usually in the MLB it works as if, like, if you spend, you're going to be good. If right. you don't, you're going to be bad. The Texas Rangers broke that trend. They spent, and they are playing very bad. Now, again, they're only 5-9. and nine, 162 games to be played. We'll see how it goes, but right now, looks like there is some trouble in Texas for the Rangers. Let's get into the Guardians, why don't we? And we can talk about everything surrounding this team, but I really want to get into the storyline that happened yesterday at Yankee Stadium. We already know what happened. A lot of you guys probably know what happened, but I really want to get each of our takes on what happened yesterday in the 5-4 walk-off loss to the Yankees. There was a lot going on. Josh Naylor and Austin Hedges had two run homers themselves. That got us the four runs. But it was Glaber Torres that got the walk-off base hit in the ninth inning off of Emmanuel Classe. And really the whole storyline is what happened with the Yankees fans, though. So Stephen Kwan got hurt after colliding with the fence. And some fans were heckling. They were talking about Stephen Kwan being injured. I'm sure there were some things that shouldn't be repeated in that conversation. And Miles Straw in center field 
stuck up for Quan, stuck up for one of his brothers in the outfield, and he got into it with some Yankees fans. He climbed the fence a little bit, got right into one of their faces, and was chirping right back at them. And then after the walk-off, fans in right field threw full beer cans and bottles at Oscar Mercado, nearly hit him in the head. It got really heated. There was trash all over right field. Even some Yankee players went out there to caution the fans away from throwing stuff and get the Guardians players out of there and safe. A lot going on yesterday. What were you guys' thoughts on what happened at Yankee Stadium? Blasphemous. That can't be happening in a professional environment. You are a patron of a sacred... Baseball is a sacred game. And I, I've i always thought Yankees fans are just out of this world weird and not respectful to the sport or anything that's going on. That's just how they've always been. And if someone... If your own, like, it was those players you were talking about were uh, Aaron Judge and I forget who the other one was, but Aaron Judge was the main person that went over and told them to stop. And if you got your own players coming over there and saying, guys, don't do this, come on. Like, just have some respect for the game. Have some respect. Your team just won. Why are you Why are you worried about the team that lost? Like, cheer on your team. Don't be disrespectful. Makes no sense. Alex, I'll head it to you for this. What were your opinions on the fans throwing trash bottles, full beer cans at Oscar Mercado and other Guardians players? To begin with, maybe this is unpopular. If it is, so be it. It's my opinion. Players shouldn't necessarily have to fight back with the fans. I think if you're a professional athlete, the classy thing to do is to let the people yell and chirp. And I... Correct me if I'm wrong, like I've said, I'm not the craziest baseball fan, but isn't there multiple, like, umps jobs that they can take a fan out of the audience, be like, you know, you're out of here? If it's if it's this bad, can't they take fans out? And so that if, doesn't really rely on the umpires. That's more like stadium, stadium security. Stadium, stadium security and safety. Sure. But, yeah. I thought I'd heard of that before, but maybe I'm making it up. Anyway, either way, I don't think the players should have got into it with them. I hate it in the NBA. It happens quite a bit where players get into these arguments with the fans and I'm just like, why? You're making so much more money. You're a professional and being part part of being a professional is to act professional. Fans, they're not professionals. They should be respectful towards players. I don't think they should be throwing stuff at these players. It's disgusting. I don't think they should be allowed to go to another MLB game again. They should be banned from every stadium in the country for life because it's 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 a disgrace it's blasphemous like you said but at the same time when players are almost encouraging it i kind of understand why the players wa- or why the fans want to get into it. i remember obviously high school is different but if i was at a high school football game and i was really maybe chirping with one of the rival team's players and then they start coming back at me it elevates the situation so much higher. But if I yell at a player the whole time and they don't do anything about it, then nothing ever seems to get out of hand. And so then the fan looks dumb if the player just doesn't do Exactly. Anything. So my biggest thing on what you said, and I understand it, and I agree with it to an extent, but I do think that there gets to be a point and there gets to be things said that cross the line, and that's where I feel like the Guardians were in the right and obviously, we don't know what was said. Only Miles Straw and Stephen Kwan and the fans know what was said. But in left center field, when Stephen Kwan took that awful bump on the wall, he was down bad, had cuts all over his face, 
that's not a time for fans to be chirping and heckling down the players. Do you think that could have just been emotions of him because they were losing? Emotions are high because you're losing. You just—it's also a baseball game. I feel like hurt and sort of—it's also embarrassed yourself, and now you're—you don't like these fans yelling at you, so you do something about it. No, I think no. Miles Straw was the one that acted out. Right, he was the one that climbed the fence and got in that Yankees fan's face, and it was because Stephen Kwan was out there injured, and there were comments thrown Stephen Kwan's way about the injury. And I just feel like you can't knock a guy down when he's already down bad. And that was where Stephen Kwan was. And their brothers out there, especially in the outfield, they stick together. They're, it's a brotherhood around this team. And that's one thing I really like that came out of this. Not only with all the post-game press conferences that I watched, but also the Cleveland Guardians Twitter saying this is a family, posting pictures. Miles Straw even retweeting that. But no, I think there, there comes a point. And Miles Straw was even saying in his post-game press conference that the fans were heckling at him the entire time, and he doesn't care. He he rubs it off, goes on about his business, catches balls, whatever. And even Oscar Mercado was saying the same thing. Players were talking back. Sometimes Mercado would look back and even smile and laugh about it because it would be funny what they were saying, and it, it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. Even last... Even last week, we saw the Chicago White Sox game where Tim Anderson made an esteemed gesture to a Cleveland fan. And Tim Anderson is on a one-game suspension right now because of it. So it happens everywhere. I'm not blaming the Yankees specifically, but it was building up throughout the game. They were chirping away. Miles Straw was doing the right thing, like you said, and ignoring it. And then when it got to chirping about an injured guy an injured brother right there next to him. I think it got too much, and I think he was justified going up that fence just a little bit, getting in his face, telling no. him his boss, no, the, no, it's and moving not. on. No, it's not. Because in the end, there's a right way to do things, and there's a wrong way to do things. If it was that important to him, to whatever that fan said, if it was that important to what he said, the right way to go about it is to talk to stadium security or whoever you need to talk to and make sure that there is no way... That, they, that that person's punished. It's just like if you see, let's say, you know, in, in the real world, if you're going to, somebody's really arguing at you, they're saying awful things, they're doing awful things, maybe something illegal. Are you going to fight them or are you going to go about it the right way, call the cops, oh. get, get them involved and do it the proper way? I feel like it's very immature to be a professional MLB player and to let these guys get to you so much that you have to climb the fence and get in their face. Mind you, because they are professionals. What, yeah. I don't care whatever was said. I really do not care whatever was said. There's no, there's a right way to go about these sort of things. That's what being professional is about. Is there's a proper way to do it. Now, with all that being said, I'm not justifying, don't take it the wrong way at all, anybody. I'm not justifying these Yankee fans because I'm not. Like I said, I think they should be banned from the MLB any game ever for the rest of their lives, especially for throwing stuff on the field. But I just I I kind of hate that uh, the players like when they get in, I just don't like when they get involved with the fans. I think it's kind of I look down on the player a little bit when I, they do it, even if they are standing up for a guy. I think you're one. Yeah, they are standing up for a guy, and I think there's some good in that you should be standing up for your teammates and but two i think way, there's a way to go about it no and i, I agree there is a way to go and about it and i think the way, they and that, i don't think that's the way to go about it jake who does it hurt who does it hurt themselves 
It hurts. Miles Straw did nothing but gain popularity from from yesterday. Not for me. And I guarantee you, there's multiple people that are like me out there that are saying, "No, I mean, it's it's just be be a man." I think I think more about being a man is being able to be silent in situations. And he was for innings one through seven until it happened. He couldn't hold it in. But I think one thing is that you're neglecting the fan aspect of it. I'm not neglecting the fan because aspect of it. Because the fan aspect of it. I'm not neglecting <laughs> Like I said, I'm not neglecting the fan aspect of it. Here we go. I think that those fans should be done no, forever. No, I'm saying I'm not that part. I agree with that part. I'm saying, like, from a fan standpoint, the fans should be better. They the should. fans shouldn't even be doing that in they the should. first place. I agree. The fans should be, who cares? Like, the fan are chirping. Who cares? The player should be able to go up there and say what he wants. Nah. No. Just because he's a professional athlete, he still has feelings. He still is protecting his brother in he arms right job. next to him. He has a job. His, if he wants to fight with people, go into the UFC. I love it. It's awesome to watch people fight under a controlled environment. It's great. It's an awesome sport. It really is. That's not your job. Your job is to play baseball and entertain the fans. If there's bad fans, there's bad fans. It's going to happen in every sport. I don't know. I think fans should be better. And I think should be better. that players should stick up for one another. And I think that's what happened. No. And we didn't really get much into the fans throwing stuff on the field. But that was completely wrong, too. It was. Um, Very wrong. Yeah, and if you're getting thrown stuff at you, I mean, you're going to walk back. And that's what Mercado walk did. Walk into the dug-in. Go into the dug-in. The dugout again. Dugout, sorry. (laughs) Emotions are high today. If you're getting stuff thrown at you, walk into the dugout. I don't care. If you you were in a wrestling match in high school and somebody throws some water bottles at you, what are you doing? Um, um, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, Back it up. Listen, listen, Logan. I'm in high school. Okay. That's my point. Okay, come on. I'm trying to make a point that these guys are professionals. At the college level, when Kent State wants to do whatever the Akron's, you know, um, student section, I don't like it. I frown upon it, but I'm like, okay, you know, these are college athletes, and it's Kent State. Fine, whatever. You're at the big level. You're a big boy. Teams sign you because you're big boys. Don't do no. bad things. I think if you're wrestling and somebody threw a water bottle at you, in high You'd school, go beat him up. In high school, might flip. maybe. If, I, <laughs> if I'm in the Olympics and I'm an Olympic wrestler and somebody throws something at me, I'm not. I know I'm not. Would you? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I wouldn't. Cap. I think fans should be better. I think I teammates too. should stick up for other teammates, and I think that's what the Guardians displayed yesterday. I've seen it multiple times yeah, where, guards. When, there's a, when there's a bad fan – LeBron James is the prime example. There was a bad fan. Heck, and people made fun of LeBron for this. And I don't understand it. There was a bad fan in the Lakers game. LeBron grabbed the referee, said, hey, these guys, I don't like what they're saying. Get them out. And they got out. And people clowned LeBron for that. That is the way to go about it. That is the professional way to do it. Why not do it in baseball? I don't understand. Makes no sense. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't see anything wrong with I what do. happened yesterday. Sticking up for his the teammate, that was wrong. down. Fans are wrong. In the end, the fans are in the wrong, 100%. Absolutely. But players got to be better, too. I'm excited for the future for the Guardians. I think this did a lot for their morale in the locker room. Sticking up for one another, playing as a team. I think they're going to have a lot of energy going up against the Yankees today at 135. 
Aaron Savali will take the mound for the Guardians. He's 0-1 with a 6.14 ERA. Hopefully he can get back into the, his midseason form today. And Garrett Cole is taking the mound for the Yankees. Your starting lineup for the Guardians is Miles Straw, Stephen Kwan, Jose Ramirez, Josh Naylor, Ahmed Rosario, Owen Miller back in the lineup after having COVID this week, Andres Jimenez, Oscar Mercado, and Austin Hedges batting ninth. So, exciting stuff from the Guardians. Alex, I think you're wrong, but that's okay. Main thing to take away, though, fans should be better. Fans should be better. There we go. We can agree on that. All right. We'll be back with more Sports Power Talk, our very last segment. We'll dive into the NFL. The biggest recent storylines, including our very own Cleveland Browns. This is probably where things are going to get heated the most between Logan and I. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, we'll do a little bit of a mock draft ahead of Thursday night's draft for the first round. So stay tuned to more WZIP. Hello again, everyone. We are back with more Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. I am your host. My name is Jake Murren. I am joined by, I guess, my two arch rivals now <laughs> in Logan Congrove. <laughs> And Alex Henry? It's Alex and the Duggan, guys. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're embracing it, I guess. Yeah, you know, we all, hey, part of radio, guys, you're going to slip up every now and then. Yeah. Just know. Sometimes you call a dugout a dug-in. Sometimes you're going to call a Sometimes you think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. Sometimes you think LeBron's not the GOAT. All right. All right. Uh, okay. I'm fuming. Back. I'm already fuming. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk. talk. Let's, let's talk, talk it out, Jake. Yeah, let's talk about the Browns. Yeah. Best team in the NFL, right? Facts. Facts. They did make a big move this week. I believe it was either Monday or Tuesday with Denzel Ward. Extended him to a five-year, $100.5 million contract extension that includes $71.25 million guaranteed. What did you guys make of the extension, the announcement, and Denzel Ward is a Brown for the future? Great signing. I think... I'm glad that we gave that kind of money to him, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, I think we're getting a little senseless with our money. Like, if anybody was going to get that money, I'm very glad that it's Denzel Ward. But I just don't. Why are we throwing around so much money? That that's it scares me a little bit. But, hey, Logan, we agree. Wow. Yeah. I like about I said, the Browns. I think it's good that if if we're going to throw around that much money, I'm glad it's to someone like Denzel Ward and our franchise quarterback, Watson, even though that's also scary. But I don't think we should be throwing around this much money. Yeah, these NFL players, NBA players, they're getting paid. I think we need to get a money cha-ching sound effect for when all these guys get a big contract, cha-ching, because they... They're rolling in cheddar. They really are. I mean, this is all I got for you, Alex. That's all I got. Yeah. Is that good enough? There, there you go, Denzel. <laughs> the, uh, he deserves it 100%. Uh, That's all I got. It is scary. It. We are really giving away a lot of money. Now, we got some guys that we could definitely get rid of, like our fourth-string quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who's just sitting there. Scrub. Um, like, we need to yeah, – but in all seriousness, Jake – you know he's not going to be your quarterback. No, I know he's, he's not going to be on the roster. He's taking up money. That, I mean, we're giving away. Dump him. We're it's giving going away, to happen. We're giving away all this money right now. Take him to the curb. We don't need to talk. 
We don't need to talk that it should happen when it's going to happen. Well, right now he's our four-string quarterback. So. You guys see his statue at Oklahoma? Yeah, it looks pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I Just saw like his quarterback play. I saw Nope, nobody heard that. Um, anyways, oh. on Twitter, I saw a pretty funny tweet. Um, I don't know who it is, so I can't reference them, but it was pretty funny. They said whoever chiseled the statue must have torn their labrum. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But yeah, made uh, me a little sad. Way to go, Denzel, on the uh, on the contract. I agree with you guys 100%. We're giving away a lot of money, but if anybody deserved it, it was yeah. Denzel. And I love him. He's a great player. Yeah, he is a great player. Lots of energy. He's 24 and is the highest paid corner in NFL history. That's awesome. And he tweeted out and, I, and quoted, said, Loss of words. I am blessed. I want to thank the Haslam's, J.W. Johnson, Coach Stefanski, and the rest of the Browns organization for continuing to believe in the homegrown kid and allowing me to represent this organization in the city of Cleveland, where I'm from. Jalen Ramsey, who was the highest corner or highest paid corner in NFL history, tweeted out at him and said, "Congratulations! I've been waiting on somebody else to touch that 100 club as well." So lots of good around Denzel Ward. And my favorite part is that he is that homegrown kid. Nerdonian went Knight. to Ohio State. I loved him at Ohio State. I loved him when we drafted him. And I'm going to love him for the next five years as well. So I do agree that the money situation, I don't love that the Browns are making all these headlines with biggest contracts in NFL history. But um, I certainly like the guys that we gave them to for the most part. Absolutely. For the most part. Um, so yeah, Denzel Ward is going to be a great pillar for our defense for years to come, and it's going to be a great thing to see. Other news around the Browns, though, some very cryptic things going on on social media. So let's break that down right now. First off, Miles Garrett via Instagram posted a picture of himself with Clowney in uniform, high-fying, with a quote saying, job not finished. Hmm. To me, that sounds like Jadavion Clowney's coming back to the Cleveland Browns. I would agree. Job not finished. He's coming back, which would be great to see. Definitely one of those guys from the start of the offseason that I said, get Jadavion Clowney back on this team for next season. Yes. So definitely great to see that. And then Deshaun Jackson, who was contemplating retirement earlier this week, narrowed down his choices in free agency um, to the Chiefs, Packers, and Browns, I believe. But via Instagram, he posted a picture with a Browns jersey swap saying it looked icy. He tagged Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson said, let's run it. And then Deshaun Jackson reposted that. So it looks like Deshaun Jackson and Deshaun Watson are on the same page for the Browns as well. What do you guys make of everything going on on social media? It looks like Clowney and Deshaun Jackson could be Cleveland Browns next season, but it's still up in the air right now. And ultimately, it's in the hands of our front office. I'm cool with Deshaun Jackson coming to the Browns. I know he's old, but like he can always make he always is good for one or two really long touchdowns a year. That's all he's good for. But he's he's a veteran presence. It's looking I hate to say this, but it's looking less and less likely that we're going to get Jarvis Landry back. I know. Uh that rips me apart inside. Yes, it's sad. So if that's the case, I still think we need a veteran receiver and I'd be cool with it being Deshaun Jackson if it's not Jarvis Landry. Yeah, and then I agree. And then just to touch on the other thing, uh, Clowney, we need Clowney. Yes. If we lost uh, his presence on the defensive line, it's going to hurt us quite a bit. And we're going to have to find 
Um, we're going to have to fill in that piece now, and it's just going to be one more thing like the wide receiver position that we're looking for that we really just don't need to be. So, Exactly. Our two biggest weaknesses are defensive line and wide receiver, and getting both of these through free agency would definitely be nice. I'm not the biggest Deshaun Jackson fan. I do think he's only good for two long touchdowns a season, but I do like the veteran presence, I guess, as well. Um, Coupling that with Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones could make something happen in that wide receiver group. But sticking with wide receiver, though, who do you guys think the Browns should pursue at wide receiver? Uh, My number one would be Jarvis Landry. I know it's looking unlikely Jarvis Landry recently visited the New Orleans Saints. So we'll see what happens with Landry and free agency. But honestly, number one would be Landry. Number two would probably be Deshaun Jackson because he's a guy out there who might who has shown interest in joining the Browns and then maybe even the draft as well. Look at this, Jake. We 100% agree. Look at that. All three. It's a beautiful thing. Jarvis Landry, one. Deshaun Jackson, two. Draft, three. Or super hot take. Let's go get Debo. We'll get to it in a second. And I, I say, know. We'll get to it. I say bring in Will Fuller. He's. Uh, I forgot about Will Fuller. He doesn't Ooh. have an option right now. He's played with Jackson. Or um, Deshaun. Oh, my goodness. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yep. Uh, you got it, Doug in. It's your new nickname. Doug in. Doug in Henry. <laughs> uh, but, no. Will Fuller would be a great option. If he could stay healthy an entire season, we don't really... I keep forgetting we have Amari Cooper. Like, he's just a wide receiver on the Cleveland Browns. So I would agree. I'd say go for maybe a Will Fuller, somebody that has a smaller contract that you could probably get, unlike Debo, who might be more difficult to obtain. And then draft a receiver, too. Um, There's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft class. It's just that we don't have a pick until, like, the second round, 44th pick, I think. So Yeah. I I didn't think of Will Fuller. You think it stays like that? I think we trade back into the first round. Really? Yeah. I don't know where. For who? Here's a deal. Here's a deal I was thinking. If you want to go Debo, I say we give up our second round pick in Baker Mayfield and get They don't need a quarterback, though. They're not going to take They have two of them. (sighs) I don't know. Baker Mayfield is going to hit. We just need to get well, market because that, he's going to get released. I just think we need to get rid of Baker. We've devalued him so much yeah, that he's really going have. to be released. I don't think anybody wants him through a trade. No, I heard there's teams that don't even want him for like a seventh round pick. Does that say anything to you, Jake? That there's NFL nope. commissioners. Nope. Garbage. Nope. Baker's good. You guys aren't going to get to me. And here you are, just lonesome Akron radio kid. In one year, in one ear, out the other. Garbage, but that's not the point. No, he's worth a whole lot more than a seventh round pick. Like he was the first overall pick of the draft, right? Sure was. And I'm not going to go back to the being. I'm not going to go back to the being grateful and appreciative topic, Logan. But you should be. And he was a whole reason for that playoff run. No, not the whole reason, but he was pretty impactful in that playoff run. Absolutely (laughs) not. Jeez. Let's move on, gentlemen. We talked about Debo Samuel. Let's keep on talking about him because he wants out of San Francisco. He asked the 49ers to trade him, and he doesn't want to keep that that dual threat 
um, position player in his mind with the whole running back and wide receiver duo. He wants to strictly be a wide receiver, which is kind of confusing and puzzling to me, but he wants out of San Francisco. What did you guys make of this? And both of you seem to be fond of him joining the Browns. Do you think that's even a possibility? Well, my only thing is I don't think it's a possibility. And honestly, I don't know if I even want him on the Browns. I was just kind of trying to think of an idea. But I was talking to my grandpa last night. It's like every time there's a wide receiver that even has a glimpse of wanting out or is about to leave, the Cleveland Browns have to get them. It's like, oh, man, there's a wide receiver. <laughs> We're Browns. We got to get him. We there's a diva wide receiver out there? Yeah, we got to get him. That's that's yeah. how we are. I don't think we necessarily need to go get Debo when it's not even like that's the receiver we need anyway. Like you said, we kind of need more of a veteran. Not even a veteran, but just a smaller X uh, wide receiver role. So, I don't know. But I hope Debo gets somewhere. I like him on a fantasy team sometimes. I'm cool with if we were to get him. I wouldn't want to give up too much. But I think he's definitely, I don't want to say crybaby, but, like, why are you complaining about getting more usage? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Honestly, before the season, I was very unfamiliar with Debo Samuel. Yes. And this season, he kind of bursted onto the scene, especially with that dual threat of running and receiving. And now that he wants to get rid of that, what made him very popular, it doesn't really make sense to me. It's weird. It is very weird. Weird guy. It is, yeah. Um, We'll see where he lands, though. Um, I think the Browns and Browns fans are kind of being too optimistic here. We can't go out and get everybody. Exactly. I don't think we're going to get Debo. And I don't think we're going to realistically move up in the draft as well. It just doesn't seem like something we do. I think we've made a lot of moves already. But let's get to the NFL draft. Gentlemen, I asked you guys for a mock draft for the first 10 picks. And we are on the clock. WZIP Sports is on the clock. I will go to Alex first. The very first pick. In the 2022 NFL Draft goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who are they going to pick? Listen, I know this is wild, everybody. Might not happen. But you got your quarterback, and you got to protect your quarterback. Get the best offensive tackle guard in the league with Evan Neal at the first pick. Wow. Got to protect your quarterback. I don't hate it at all. That's not who I think they're going to take, but I think it makes sense for them to take that for your exact reason of protecting Trevor Lawrence for the future. Um, But, Logan, I'll go to you. I absolutely think they're taking Aiden Hutchinson as much as I don't like Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's getting picked number one. Yeah, I agree. I think Aiden Hutchinson will be picked number one. He's that explosive edge rusher that could drastically improve the Jags' defense, and he would line up with Josh Allen as well, you know, the better Josh Allen in the NFL on the Jaguars. Absolutely. So I just think it it will be Aiden Hutchinson because he's probably the most talented player in the draft, but I do want them to take Evan Neal because I think it makes sense. And I just think it would fare them better in the long run having that protection on the line. Hopefully Tony Khan can make the, the best choice here. All right, go to number two. Lions are on the clock. You guys are on the clock. Who are the Lions picking number two? Javon Walker, defensive end, Georgia. Well, because I threw out Evan Neal already, I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson uh, as my second pick. Yeah, if Aiden Hutchinson is available number two, I think they go with him number two. Um, But I have Trayvon Walker as well. He's a physical edge rusher. 
but I'd hope a very mediocre Lions defense, I'd say. Um, I could see Trayvon Walker going number one and Aiden Hutchinson going number two. Um, I could also see Evan Neal being thrown in that mix, too. But honestly, I'm just really excited for this draft because we're having this conversation. We don't know who's going to go number one, two, or three. Sure. It's still up all in the air. So um, not something we can say about every draft, but I do have Trayvon Walker being drafted second as well. Time for the third pick, though. Texans on the clock. Who do you guys have the Texans taken? So since the Texans cannot take a defensive end because the top two will be off the board, in my opinion, I think they take... Ahmed Sauce Gardner, Cincinnati. All right, fair enough. Uh, I still have Trayvon Walker on my board, so I think they uh, go to the Georgia boy and get the defensive end. So I have the Texans taking Evan Neal here out of Alabama, pairing him with Laramie Tunsil could be all the protection that Davis Mills needs to become the next Tom Brady because that apparently is the opinion of this radio station. Um, it's not mine, but... I would agree that it is not my opinion. All right. Either. Well, the majority opinion at this radio station is that Davis Mills is the next Tom Brady. Um, and I think, you know, they re-signed Brandon Cooks. They have Davis Mills. If they want to make him their franchise quarterback, they got to get protection for him. They already have Laramie Tunsil. They get Evan Neal on that offensive line as well. I think that's all the protection they need. So, yeah, I have Evan Neal going number three to the Houston Texans. Going to number four, though, the New York Jets will be on the clock. Who do you guys have the Jets taking? Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. All right, Alex. I have Derek Stingley, cornerback of uh, LSU, I think. Fourth pick. All right, number four. Logan, we're agreeing a lot right now. I have Kayvon Thibodeau as nice. well. He's big and explosive. The Jets were in the mix for Chandler Jones this offseason. It didn't get him, so I expect them to explore the same position in the draft. It just makes sense. He's a great player, and out of Oregon, I think it just makes a lot of sense for the New York Jets. The J-E-T-S Jets, 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 still going to be terrible regardless of what they do in this draft, in my opinion, because God they have at the helm just ain't it. Number five, though, who do you guys have? Because I don't even have the Giants picking here but I'll go to you guys first because I'm sure you do have the Giants picking here. I do have the Giants picking, and this is where I will send Evan Neal. I think they, they're going to have to replace Nate Solder at some point. He's just not he's not what he used to be, and Evan Neal would be a valid replacement to protect Daniel Jones. Yeah, I want to go with an offensive lineman. I don't have Evan Neal on my board, so I went with a guy. His name's Iki Akwimu. It's quite difficult to pronounce, but... He's an uh, offensive tackle. Yeah, I saw the the name, and I had no idea how to pronounce it, so I just didn't have him in my top ten. Yeah, it's Iki Akwimu. I'm proud of you, Alex. Wow. Now say Habib's last name. Show off a little bit. Khabib Nurmagomedov. There you go. <laughs> Things you love to see. <laughs> yes, sir. So, number five, I mentioned how I don't have the Giants picking here because I actually have a trade going down. In the first round, I know we didn't say trades would happen, but I do think this is a very realistic trade for the Seahawks to trade up into the drafts just a little bit to draft right ahead of the Carolina Panthers, who are also in need of quarterback. I don't like the quarterback class, but I think the Seahawks and Panthers are getting desperate right now. So I have the Seahawks trading up for the Giants pick at number five and the Seahawks taking Malik Willis. He has the highest ceiling among QBs in this class. 
and can even hold out a year if he needs to behind Drew Locke. So the Seahawks not only drafting up, but drafting the first QB in the 2022 NFL Draft with Malik Willis coming off the board at number five. Similarly, at number six, with the Panthers, I have Kenny Pickett being drafted here. Um, GM Scott Fitterer admitted that they're looking at drafting a QB, and Pickett would be the best available guy after Willis would be taken right in front of them at number five. But I want to get your guys' thoughts. Who do you have going at number six to the Panthers? Since I did not have a Giants trade, I do have the Panthers selecting Malik Willis out of Liberty. I think he's a transcendent quarterback for this league, and I think he fits the Panthers' offense very nicely. Kind of reminds me of Cam Newton in a way. Transcendent. Yes. You think he's going to be a successful quarterback? Absolutely. All right, interesting. We agree, Logan. I also have um, Malik Willis guy. I didn't have him off my board yet, and I think he would fit perfectly in that offense. All right, keep on rolling here at number seven. Who do you guys have? Because I have the Giants picking here. I have the Giants taking Derek Stingley. Uh, I have Ahmed... Uh, Gardner at cornerback. Sauce Gardner? Yes. Sauce. Fair enough. Uh, Giants picking here. I'm going to have them taking Charles Cross, offensive tackle. Um, They need protection for Daniel Jones, and Cross might be the best available offensive lineman after Evan Neal. Um, Alex, say that guy's name for me one more time. Ahmed Gardner. No, the other one, the offensive lineman. Oh, you're talking about uh, Akeem Ikwimo. Yeah. <laughs> I could also it's see the... Icky, it's Icky Ikwimo. Okay, yeah. I could see the Giants picking him as well, but I'm going to go Charles Cross here. They definitely need an offensive tackle in this draft. Number eight, though, the Atlanta Falcons on the clock. Who do you guys have them taking? Falcons need a quarterback, so they're getting Kenny Pickett. I second that. Really? Marcus Mariota ain't the guy? He is the guy. He'll end up starting for a year, max, if even the full oh, year. I like Mariota. Too. I mean, who's Mar? Who's Mariota going to throw it to? That's my biggest question. That's true, that and that's why true. that's a good point. That's why I have the Falcons drafting Drake London here. Okay, I think they're going to value him ahead of some other talented receivers in this draft class, and he's a much needed weapon for the newly acquired QB in Marcus Mariota, and a weapon that they need on offense in general. Going on to number nine, though, who do you guys have being picked ninth in the NFL draft? I have Jermaine Johnson, Florida State, going to the Seahawks. That's funny. I also have Jermaine Johnson uh, as my ninth pick. Well, I have the Giants picking here because of the trade up for the Seahawks. I have the Giants picking Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. Hamilton had a slow 40-yard dash, but he could still make the entire secondary for the Giants better. Definitely one of the more talented uh, pieces in the secondary in this NFL draft. Let's finish it off, though, with the Jets at number 10. Who are they picking? Jets need a wide receiver. Pick the best one. Go with Garrett Wilson. It pains me because I like Garrett Wilson and I don't want to see this dude on the Jets, but I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. I also don't want to see him on the Jets, but I am in agreement with you guys. Whoa. I do have do Garrett Wilson going at number 10. What a way to uh, much what needed a way win. To <laughs> what a way to end. All in agreement on a very hot day, not only outside, but in the studio and a very hot, um, hot mics. Mm. Everything being talking into them. Yeah. All of us. Let's wrap it up, though, guys. We talked about a lot on today's show. Start off with an hour of NBA talk. Of course, got into that heated conversation half an hour into the show. Then we went to MLB and the Guardians with what happened yesterday at Yankee Stadium. And then rounded off with the NFL draft and some Browns conversations. Final takeaways from today's show, gentlemen. It is very good to be here with Jake. I like talking to Jake. That's probably my final takeaway. Good yeah. show. 
And I always like being here and listening to Jake hey, you, and Logan Hey, you got fight. your own argument today. Me and, and who would have thought... We got into it hey, a little bit. Fans, who would have thought that me and Jake would be arguing about baseball? Wow. Of all things, too. You <laughs> know? Of all things. I mean, we it fought was, last time you were on, too, about Fyodor Young. Yeah, about some UFC, but that's predictable. But baseball, interesting. Maybe I'm the next baseball guy. I'm going to have my own segment called The Dug In. The dug, dug In with Please Alex. make that a thing. <laughs> dug In with Alex. So the Dug In with Alex. That'd be great. For me, though, I think fans should just be better across every single sport, across every single fan base. <laughs> fans should be better. We agreed on that, Alex. Why are you laughing over there? Why did that have to be your last take? It's just like... There's so many things you can talk about. It's a storyline. You can't end the show without saying Baker Mayfield's bad. (laughs) Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in the NFL. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. And, Logan, you should be more appreciative of... You know what, Jake? You're a clown. sports fans. (laughs) I'm not a clown. Those fans throwing trash at our players yesterday were clowns. I'm not a... And you're a clown. You don't like LeBron who's won you championships. You're a clown. Let's not get into that. There's a lot of clowns here. Jeff Longville's a clown. Jeff Longville is a clown. You agree, Alex? That's how we should end. Jeff Longville's a clown. He likes the Broncos, you guys said. Yeah. Gotta be a clown. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. All right, guys. That will do it for us. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can check it out on SBT Rewind, a podcast available on all streaming platforms. First thing, tomorrow morning. If you missed any segment, go listen to it because it was one of the most heated episodes of SBT in recent memory. Joining me for today's show were... Logan Congrove. And Alex Henry. My name is Jake Murren. Make sure to check out our podcast and tune in next week to Sports Power Talk. You already know from 11 to 1. Until then, peace out.